Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business, but without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual, and I'm joined by my co-founder and co-host, Paddy Mann. Good morning, Paddy. Good morning. Good morning. So one of the biggest sources of stress for business leaders is simply time. There's never enough of it. So what if I told you that sorting your processes out could help you free up 15 hours every week. That would sound amazing, right? Imagine what it would mean for you and your team or what for you and your family. Though perhaps you'll hear that number and disregard it. 15 hours per week sounds nice, but you suspect it'll probably take a lot of work and maybe you won't even find 15 hours to save. This is normal when it comes to sorting processes. Most leaders greatly underestimate the benefits that it will have for their business and grossly overestimate the effort needed. So today we're going to go deeper onto, uh, on how sorting your processes will help you free up time and how you can start seeing these results really, really quickly. So let's start with an example. Paddy, how has sorting processes in your team helped you free up time? Well, I would describe it using the, the phrase, did it come from uh, Michael Gerber's E-Myth? Um, essentially, it gives you the superpower to document and delegate. Um, and in turn, that you can use that to delegate uh, the processes, the tasks that you're doing, and elevate what you are doing. So uh, I remember back in, I think it must have been 2017, and I was really struggling with this. I had heard those terms that you know you need to document and delegate you can delegate and elevate and it sounds lovely but i i wasn't making it work in practice and it took a, a kind of a series of kind of epiphany moments where we read through a lot of the best practices read through some of the great books out there traction e-myth and so on mm -hmm. tested some various approaches which didn't work out for us and of course this is one of the reasons why a lot of business leaders are skeptical of it being able to work uh, because I put some time into it before and it, it didn't land. Um, but we cracked it. We cracked the code. We found a way where we could uh, document the, the tasks that we were doing at a high level. We would be able to focus on the ones that are causing a lot of pain. And what it meant in practice was I was spending uh, three hours doing code reviews for uh, someone I'd hired to be a developer. And I would be doing this multiple times a week and I was busy as hell. So I was doing this in my evening and I was getting flack from the wife uh, and feeling pretty terrible uh, about it. And I was questioning and she was questioning why I was doing work, uh, which uh, ultimately didn't mean that we we're that much better off than me doing it my uh, myself. And... It, you know, we, we, we were trying, we were trying to, to, to delegate effectively. And I was giving the guidance and felt that I'd given all this, this kind of uh, context that the, the developer should be able to use to get uh, good results. But he was making the same mistakes again and again and again. And when we cracked it, when we worked out, okay, wait a minute, if we look at the specific pain points and document it in a way which means it's easy for him to be the, the, the person that we're delegating to to refer to so that they can do the tasks which are causing pain and they can spot the things that you know normally tripping them up and av avoid it then we can then we can solve this and we are literally put in this kind of a view checklist where 
firstly, I would be able to review and do it consistently. So there wasn't sometimes, you know, I would pick up three points, but forget the fourth and the next time it would be different. So I started doing it consistently. And then I handed it over to the developer to do it himself. And almost overnight, I went down from three hours doing code reviews to, to 30 minutes. And it wasn't long after that we hired another developer and that 30 minutes went down to zero. But of course, I, I didn't stop there. So in that two and a half hours of uh, saving, uh, that was per code review. I was often doing two or three of those per week. So that was talking like five to seven and a half hours. And of course, I then start looking laterally and I go, what, you know, where else can I do this? And I picked out the other tasks that were taking a, a lot of time. And it was things like doing some of the tech support and responding to customers and dealing with a lot of common queries. Uh, the, then it was some of the other development tasks. And I realized he could, the developer could be involved sooner in the process, getting more of the planning. And then he could be involved later in the process, supporting the UAT. Then I looked at management tasks. And then eventually I, I pulled myself out completely out of this team and what happens next? Well, I, I well, firstly, I, I give some of my evenings back to my wife. Very, very important. Um, but then, what do I do? I look at the next teams and other things that I can I can put my time into where I think there's going to be more value. And often it's uh, kind of strategic priorities or it's other teams um, that need more support as a business owner. That's where where I'll be going next. And so I'd go into the next team and work out what needed to be done. And then and then I get to repeat that. So. You know, that first exercise, I saved myself two and a half hours. I then scale it up. So actually, I'm saving uh, two and a half hours per code review, so more like five to eight hours per week. And then scale it up in that one role, almost doubling or tripling the amount of time saved. I then pull myself out and go into a different area, having already reduced some of that stress by, you know, not working into my evenings. And initially, my time has been really well spent there, but then I get used to those tasks. And, I, and again, I get this opportunity to scale up, bring more people in, and I can repeat the exercise. So yeah, the, for me personally, this has been something which has freed up a lot of time and has done it again and again and again. And I know that's that's the same for you too. Yeah, it absolutely is. And it's it's funny because it's, it's an area that now I think um, others, and uh, by, by which I mean sort of clients, uh, people I meet, employees of, uh, that work for us and so on, um, think, of, uh, think of us and, and think of me as someone who's really good at delegation and handing tasks over and all the sorts of things that we're, we're talking about right now. But it's funny because I, I think back to a time when I was sat in a, uh, I remember being in this mastermind meeting um, with, uh, with other business owners and I remember sharing that, you know what, I'm a you know, I'm a control freak. I really struggle to delegate. And I think it's been holding back my businesses for 10 plus years, uh, including ones that I was trying to start while at university and so on, because I, I always struggle to hand over tasks to other people. And um, right from, you know, admin tasks through to sales staff and, uh, you know, uh, business management, like every aspect, I was always the one doing all of it. And whenever I tried to hand it over to other people, it always seemed to to bite me again. Exactly as you say, you end up spending more time managing and training and fixing than you did when you were just doing the job. And so I'd always end up taking the um, the job back over. And I remember literally thinking back like, um, in, in the run up to that mastermind meeting um, and, and uh, partly in it, thinking maybe the issue is just I'm really good and productive at stuff. And, and that's 
um, particularly back then, that wasn't not true. I was, I was, and particularly, you know, give me a spreadsheet and I was, I was, I'd be one of the fastest people you see with it. And so my reluctance was, I know that I'm really fast at this. Maybe it is just faster if I do it. Um, and, and so I was stuck in this cycle of thinking, well, I'm fast at it. I've tried to hand it over to other people. That's not worked. That was a waste of time. I could have just done it. Why don't I just keep doing it? And so I ended up back in that cycle. And it wasn't really until, uh, yeah, like, as you say, we started changing our approach. And rather than trying to be a great manager with amazing people skills that could just magically delegate. So I remember I was looking up to other business owners who seemed to be more like, you know, they came across to me more like football managers. In fact, one of them was (laughs) where they were fantastic at just telling other people what needed to be done and you know, repeating that message and so on. And somehow that worked successfully and they never got stuck in the day to day. Um, But I I never seemed to achieve it. And it it wasn't until we sort of changed our approach to to what we uh, were doing. And we'll talk about how we how we do that, um, that completely changed it for me. And as a result, allowed allowed me to initially step out of some of the uh, some admin and then sales and all aspects of the business to the point that now, you know, one of our businesses we're not, neither of us are required day to day at all. Um, and so we've been able to, to kind of delegate all of that. Um, but I think um, one, of the, uh, you know, one of the concerns that a lot of people have is, is this going to take a long time? You know, when I talk to even customers of ours in the early days where, you know, they're, they're invested in, okay, yes, I definitely want to sort out my processes. I want to document them, get them all sorted in them and do all of this sort of thing. And then they'll say something along the lines of, you know, perhaps we just need to spend, you know, a few weeks or months, you know, focus entirely on get everything documented and then we'll start to see the results or uh, and then typically that'll be followed with. But now is a busy time. So let's put it off uh, for the future. So um, let's dispel that myth. How quickly can we expect to get results when when approaching this properly? Well, yeah, the time it takes definitely depends on how you approach it. And yeah, this this myth is unfortunately it's a reality when when people do approach it in the in the wrong way in the old school way yeah i'll say it's a wrong way now um so the the kind of the traditional way to think about process is you know you're putting these systems in in your your uh, company and your team you're working out how to get everything working really beautifully and so you're looking at getting all the different processes uh, fully documented and getting all of your team completely compliant with them and the problem here is that you're basically setting yourself this goal of, of getting 100% every, you know, everything documented, uh, 100% of the steps, 100% compliance. And it's, you're suddenly, you're, you're doing something which you wouldn't do in other areas, which is you're saying that everything, every process has equal importance and will solve the same amount of business pain. And, you know, you, I say it like that and you go, well, that's clearly nonsense. If I look at my, my team at my company, I can see where the pain points, I can see uh, and if you think about it, you can go, I, I can see those specific processes which are causing people to, to drip up, uh, trip up. And it's like, uh, I've had to deal with five customer complaints this this week um, because they were uh, oversold to something that, that was sold to them on, on the initial sales call. And it's like, well, brilliant. You've got a real business pain. There's a specific process there. And it might be the initial sales call. It might be the follow-up. But you can identify a specific pain point and solve that. And so that was one of the, the kind of the big kind of transformations we had is just go, let's stop going across the whole organization, trying to identify all of them, which is sadly, 
Uh, one, the standard that's kind of expected by most people in the head. Two, what happens in a lot of enterprises. And three, actually, is what's still getting recommended in some uh, uh, books, which is uh, a, a travesty. Um, and instead, let's just focus on on specific pains. That's what I did with the code reviews. I didn't. I stopped trying to document the entire development team. I stopped trying to document the whole business. I focused on that one team. And then what I uh, I did is <laughs> the, the second step is uh, the bit that needs a, a little more support and guidance because it's basically I, it took me trial and error. So uh, we tried it in different ways. We tried you know, not using documentation, using too much documentation and so on. And it took a while until we worked out, okay, there's a recipe here. There's a, a way that we can approach this documentation to get the same results every time so that we've got something that we can delegate. So the easy bit is going, where's the pain point? And then there's this, this step of learning how to document. And so for us, I would say that that journey, honestly, you know, you could stretch it to say that it took anywhere between six months and 15 years, depending on where you want to start the, the journey, but it, it took some trial and error. Now, we've learned those lessons. And so now when we're working with businesses, we're applying them in. And it's simple things like how you literally the title of, of your, your, your documentation. So uh, if you call a document, um, send an invoice, it's really clear what it's for. If you call it invoice management, it's not. So many little things like that. Really, really simple, really easy to train you when you know what they are. Um, but you'll make these mistakes the, the first time around. And so when we work with customers now, we, we're able to give that guidance. We, we using our air manual tool, we're kind of building a lot of the guidance in. So it's actually much easier to do that. And what do we expect? So um, what the goal that we're setting is that you should always be seeing a positive return on the time that you invest within weeks. And we, you know, when we're actually working hands on with you, we will guarantee that every time one, because we'll make you raise a focus on the initial problem. And two, we'll show you the simple steps to get there. And sometimes it takes us uh, weeks and sometimes, um, and I know you had a great example where you, you literally did it in, uh, did it on the call. That was the, um, the business owner of the, uh, the printing company, right? Yeah, so so there are there are two that come to a, a couple or a couple uh, specifically that come to mind when you talk about that about how you can get really speedy uh, return on investment. So one was a, a business owner of a printing business, which exactly as you say, uh, they um, uh, you know we got an amazing uh, speed of, of return on the uh, the results, and um, because uh, when we first started talking to him, he was working um, seven days a week, sixty hours a week. Um, couldn't even see how to free up time and or even you know make time to, to free up time. In fact, uh, it was um, 50-50 whether he turned up to the call with me, frankly. And so, you know, but he was like, oh, no, I, I know I've missed the last two. I'm really sorry. Um, you know, but so uh, so I was keen to come on. But I am really busy. So, you know, maybe we should reschedule. And uh, fortunately, I got him to stay long enough that we'd talk a bit about where he was spending his time. And we identified there are a number of processes that he was spending his time on. And one was um, uh, sending quotes to customers. So customers would ask for a quote for a printing project and they would send a quote back. And because he'd changed the product lines and so on um, previously, I think it had been done by salespeople and so on. But now it was complex and, and as a result, they were all coming to him. And it meant that uh, he calculated that he was currently spending three hours per day responding to quotes. So that's 15 hours per week on one process. 
of sending quotes to customers. And uh, he said, you know, I know, I know I need to document it and delegate it, but I just haven't found the time. I figure it'll probably take me about eight hours, but I just don't know where to find eight hours on my schedule. So I said, well, we've got 45 minutes left of the call. Let's see what we can do. And in under 30 minutes, we documented the entire process end to end. So we got, you know, got titled, the context. We put in the high level steps. We then added detail where needed to explain um, the, uh, uh, the, the tricky logic or calculations, etc. And then uh, as part of that same call, scheduled a session with his account managers where we would then hand that over. And so on the one subsequent call, got that handed over to the account managers. They walked through it, asked questions. We tweaked the process based on their questions. And as a result, after that point, they were able to do it. And that instantly saved that business owner 15 hours per week because he was able to delegate something to the team. But the, um, the other thing that was really nice is that not only did uh, he, uh, he save all that time, but I said to him, you know, what, what was the most valuable thing? Presumably it was the time saved. He said, actually, it was the fact that previously it was taking him three days to get back to a customer who wanted a quote. And now his account managers do it in under an hour. And you just imagine what that does for your conversion rate, which is absolutely insane. But 15 hours per week from one task, one process that was handed over to his team is absolutely incredible. Um, and in fact, um, recently with one of our existing customers um, at, uh, at Right Business Results, uh, Georgia, um, I, was thought, uh, we, I was having, we were having a check-in call with her um, and checking in like how things are going and, you know, oh, the onboarding has been fantastic and these processes are great. And uh, but but she said, you know, well, uh, I'm finding that I'm I'm kind of busy getting busy again. And so we quickly just ran through like, well, where are you spending your time at the moment? And identified a few things that needed to be delegated and handed over. And it was like that mind shift to just go, oh, yes, I need to just apply what I know works and hand it over. And so in I think it was a 45 minute call, maybe 50 minute call, um, uh, we managed to uh, free up and uh, sent me a WhatsApp message. I think it was uh, she calculated it as a day to a day and a half. Um, per week <laughs> as a result of that one call um, and just just hand over and so you know and, and the return so the the speed of results that you can get literally you're getting a return on investment on that time within you know hours or a day or you know a few days it's absolutely incredible when you can kind of get that that speed of return um, and we, we've used a few examples there but you know what's the typical amount of time we would expect to free up um, uh, you know, because we've we've yeah we've thrown a few numbers out there. Um, uh, how do you see it working in terms of the actual numbers and return that you can get? <laughs> cool. So yeah, the the number that we keep throwing about is fifteen hours, mm -hmm. and I, I, I can speak to the audience and say it took me a little while before uh, Alexis convinced me that we were right to say fifteen hours uh, every time because it just sounds bonkers. It sounds like wait a minute, we're not talking. Um, Okay, some some business leaders are, are working beyond the forty hours, but even within a forty hour week, we're going to go. In, that's a that's a it's a big chunk of your week. Surely, freeing up that kind of time isn't possible for everyone. Surely, that's the edge cases where you've got this person who's doing uh, three hours a, a day on sending sending quotes or or whatever. And and we just looked at a load of examples of where it, it's done in practice. We just saw again and again and again. Yeah, you tallied it up and went. Yeah, that's 15 hours. Yeah, that person saved 15 hours. Yeah, this business saved 15 hours. And it's different, right? So, so for the this this uh, one one business, he saved 15 hours on one call, though, to be fair, 
when we say 15 hours for that business, that's just where he started. There's going to be more opportunities to go beyond that 15 hours um, because his processes were, were so in such an opportune place to, to start a document and delegating. He's going to get a, a load more than that. For uh, Georgia Kirk, who you just mentioned, she's now going through that loop for the second or third time. The first time, uh, the big thing take up all of her time was onboarding. Uh, and I remember it was uh, something like she had a number of new joiners coming in uh, and would spend up upwards of 200 hours with them over their first few months and saved it for every employee. So it was a slightly different structure, but it added up to just an epic, epic amount of time. For myself, I shared how I, I initially started with uh, a task which saved something like five hours a week, which is still quite a lot, um, and then and then added and added uh, added to that, and certainly found fifteen hours w with a quick check. And when we sit down with uh, a business leader and basically just go through the week, it is it's pretty consistent. We can find well over a day, uh, normally about fifteen hours, and often quite a bit more, where we can start. Um, uh, saving that. Uh, I, honestly, I, I could go through another five or six stories from the uh, last few weeks. What, what, I tell you what, when I'll chuck in, I, I love this. We had, spoke to a CTO last week and he's um, uh, head of uh, IT who reports into them. He's responsible for doing a number of tasks. One of them is setting up email accounts from time to time. The head of IT goes on holiday and suddenly you've got this task which takes him 10 minutes to set up email accounts and it, it it's kind of uh, hanging there it's essential other people can't work if this doesn't happen and it hasn't been documented and delegated this is something that could have gone to any junior team member of the team to cover the IT manager but it's not and so it goes up to the CTO and this is you know a hundred person company his time is valuable and something which should have taken 10 minutes for junior resource is suddenly taking him multiple hours because he hasn't done this in ages and he has to do all the research to work out how it's meant to work and he's still not confident that it's working so just there, that's uh, a couple of hours. And that's even without thinking about the wider pain. Uh, and ultimately, I know that the, that the head of IT was still disturbed on his holiday because because of the uh, the lack of documentation there. So it's, yeah, we, we, we are now happy, confident of saying 15 hours and we mean it and we consistently find it for the customers that we work with. It comes in different forms. But uh, if you work through and basically work for your, your diary, and actually I just did the same exercise with Alexis here for the I don't know how many of time, then you spot where those tasks are and the opportunity to uh, to delegate them down. Yeah, I love that. And it, it's, it's funny, as you say, when we started off uh, saying, actually, you know, is it, is it eight? we'll say eight hours. I think, you know, that felt like a sensible thing. Then we then we said, well, actually, the, you know, generally we're getting business owners are getting eight, 15 hours a week back after, as I say, like a few hours in some cases. So we got comfortable with that. And I was thinking about it um, when I was running a workshop for some business owners. And um, I, I suddenly thought it's sort of technically in terms of what you can free up, what's possible to free up is sort of infinite time. And the, which is uh, a funny concept because you can say, well, that can't be possible. Like, yeah, it's the one meme about, you know, one of those memes about time is that we've all got the same amount and, you know, we've all got 24 hours and da da da. But actually, um, if you think about it, like, let, let's say that as a business owner, two days of my week is spent doing, let's say, financial admin. I'm sending invoices, chasing invoices. So I can free up that two days by documenting it and delegating it to a finance administrator. And then uh, let's take that same two days. I, I don't now just sit doing 
uh, nothing, and we'll talk in a second about how you use that time. Um, but uh, there are, uh, uh, like one use of that time would be, say, uh, going out and doing more sales. So more networking and going and selling. And so now I fill up that two days with sales, higher value uh, activity. And then I go, okay, now I can delegate this to a salesperson. So now I hire a salesperson or maybe I've got an existing one or whatever and I can delegate it to them. So I've now saved another two days. But now I have two days available. And so now I might say, well, now the thing that's holding back my sales team is marketing. So I'm now going to go spend some time doing some marketing, coming up with some partnerships and channels. And then I've got that and... Uh, and that's all working, and in which case I then delegate that or whatever, and I've freed up two days again. And quite quickly, with you know, in, in that just series of examples, I've freed up six days out of a five-day working week. And of course, this is the reality of what you know when we look up to the likes of Richard Branson and Bezos and Musk and whatever, and we say like, how would they? If they had my business, how would they run it? And the truth is they wouldn't do like 99.9% of the tasks that we all do. And that's because essentially of what we're talking about is they're freeing up their time out of those things. They're not taking on those tasks at all. Um, and so essentially sort of freeing themselves infinitely from the kinds of tasks that you've got in the business. And so I think that's the that's the game, right? It's about repeating it over and over. So um, I've kind of alluded to a few examples there, but what? how do we use the the time that gets freed up and uh, you know have you used that time that, that gets freed up each time we kind of repeat these cycles cool I'll, I'll share a couple of obvious more obvious ones and then one which is actually a little bit uh less easy to see so uh one obvious one that we've, we've t talked about a lot is you can use that time for other work uh activities and i think what a common thing with business leaders is they say they haven't got enough time and it's not um they have a clear view of other places where they could be spending their time and deliver more value. And that could be on, you know, the big strategic initiatives. And for many leaders, it's just getting any time to think about strategy um, and come out of the day to day and actually think, am I even going in the right direction? So freeing up time for that. Uh, if you've got, you know, you've got that strategy time, then it's actually then putting um, the strategy into practice. So working out where the next projects are, which might be in the, the current team, it might be working for other teams, all sorts of places where you could be uh, better using your time within your work and quite often uh, spending it in a much more enjoyable way than on the tasks that, that could have been um, uh, delegated. Um, a second way is, uh, of course, to simply work less. Um, so as I mentioned, I was working in the evenings and I did not want to be working in the evenings on certainly not doing code reviews. I uh, Personally, one of our values, you know, one of our business values is enjoy the journey. And I, I don't believe that means every single day clocking off um, because sometimes I've got really fun things that I want to get over the line or whatever, but doing code reviews in the evening is certainly not part of enjoying the journey. So I, I wanted to get rid of that and, uh, and actually better defend the time that I was having with my, with my family. So two things there work on more important and better, more enjoyable stuff. Secondly, uh, stop work less, uh, reclaim your time, uh, and hopefully put a fence around it to stop that that kind of uh, abuse from reoccurring. Um, and both of those are big. You know, we, you know the podcast here we've got de-stress your business. Both of those are massive de-stressors. What having it not affect your family life is is huge. But feeling like you are spending stuff on the more, most important stuff, uh, spending like you're spending time on the most important stuff in your business, and that you are doing stuff that you enjoy. That's huge for people's sense of 
fulfillment and drive it, it's it's epic it's really really valuable i'll share one more and you may have some to, to add to this but one of the ones which is kind of hidden is the time that you spend with your direct reports and the people that are supporting you because until this moment essentially you're having to to be in in the weeds doing all this stuff because they're they're struggling to take on tasks which you would hire them to do and hope that they could do and so the result is that they're they're struggling um uh with that you're spending the time with them trying to fix mistakes and uh, provide kind of these micro level interactions and trying to solve it and feeling a bit like you're banging your head against a wall and they're feeling it and they're feeling potentially a bit like they're being micromanaged and when you've got that kind of issue you, you can't think about bigger bigger challenges bigger growth opportunities because you're focused on that that pain point when that pain point goes away the time that you get with your direct reports changes so whereas i was previously just kind of going we got to fix this one issue it's killing us it's killing me um instead i'm starting to go how can we how can we help you how can we grow where do you want to go next do you want to help in uh you know grow further as an engineer do you want to get involved in data security there are other ways you could help me and so the the time that i was getting my direct report was transformed and this was one of the big moments where i kind of changed from uh it would be extreme i wouldn't say i was a micromanager but you know it has some of those things which people associate with that and change <laughs> Anyone watching the video will know Alexis is, is questioning my claim. Um, I'd have said we'll... you're, you were a light micromanager. You're not now. <laughs> we both, we both, all to right. be clear, we both were. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, so, yeah, essentially, I, I was a micromanager. Certainly, that's maybe how the team was uh, describing me. And uh, apparently, it's definitely how Alexis would have described me. Um, <laughs> and that, that changed. It, it, this gave me the ability to turn into a coach because the problems that I was facing with this direct report had been transformed. And because I had that, that time, that space to support them in that way. So it was, a uh, another, uh, kind of revelation of how I was able to use my time. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And it's, I, I think, as you say, the, there's so many different ways in which you can use that time effectively. And yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to one of our customers. Um, so, uh, Adam at Convertico, where he was saying that one of the challenges that he had was that he was almost um, nervous about how he would then use the time that he freed up. You know, he's sort of aware of that, that principle of Parkinson's law, which is that work will always expand to uh, fill the, the time available. And so it was interesting that for him, um, it was, you know, I was talking to him about uh, quite, uh, even quite early in the journey after, uh, I think it was two one-hour calls, he was already say he was saving two hours per week from one particular area and saved seven and a half hours uh, the following week on uh, because he um, uh, of some other changes around onboarding. But his biggest concern when he even embarked on that, he said that you know I was, I was nervous about like what am I going to spend that time on, and so I you know I said well wh where do you want to be spending the time? And so, well, you know, one of the things that I'm not I'm not doing enough of is personal development. I want to be you know, learning and making myself a better business owner. And so it was interesting that for, for him, one of the things that he needed to do was block out that time so that it didn't get re re eaten up and make sure that he was blocking out that time for personal development, whether it's attending training or blocking out time for reading or whatever it is, uh, arranging coaching sessions. 
Um, but for some people, um, myself included in the past, it's been about blocking out time for spending time with family, you know, blocking out your evenings so that you don't end up with any calls after 5.30 p.m., making sure that, you know, your weekends are protected and that you don't kind of assume, oh, well, you know, maybe I can do some work at, at the weekend just to catch up and so on. And instead work on basic, no, that's that's blocked out family time. And, and I think uh, that's one of the... The big shifts that people have to make is, is making sure that they're really clear about where they're going to spend the time instead and making sure that that happens. Um, but you do have to, it's, a, it's this catch-22. You, like, you've got to free up the time and then get some and, and it's an iterative process, uh, essentially of finding better ways of spending your time on what matters most, whether it's for your business or for you personally or for your family or, uh, or having a bigger impact on the world. Fantastic. Well, we've uh, covered a lot in this session talking about the, one of the key benefits of sorting out your processes, which is freeing up your time. We've talked about how it's possible to free up 15 hours a week or more. And as regular listeners will know, we run a weekly webinar that majors on this topic and exactly how to do it. We've alluded a few times to the approach that we uh, found and discovered, developed uh, for doing this and have used it with many clients and uh, ourselves and other business leaders on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. And so we, we go deep in exactly into how to do that. Uh, it's typically every Wednesday at 1pm UK time, uh, but you can find out more and register for the next one at www.airmanual.co forward slash webinar. And a final note for our podcast listeners, as a new podcast, we need your help. If you found the content today valuable, please just take one minute to leave an honest review. This will help the podcast get more visibility and help more people. And if you're on social media listening to this right now, please do reshare it, like it, subscribe, comment, etc. It'll help us enormously and we really, really appreciate you for it. Otherwise, until next time, bye-bye.